0: podcast episode
1: 163 several clients they say i dated a soulmate of mine and i knew immediately that it was not going to be long term and that really broke my heart because i was taught that when you find your soulmate it's supposed to be till the end of time and i'm like well who told you that people always think about the soulmate thing and they think there's only one in this lifetime and there's literally thousands
0: Holistic Voice presents the Food Heals Podcast with your hosts, Allison Melody and Susie Hardy. Join the Food Heals Nation and learn the secrets to go from feeling unwell to healing
1: yourself. Warning, side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, an increase in sexual activity, feelings of joy, cravings for kale and quinoa, and a spike in Tinder matches. In rare cases, people have experienced a strong desire to actually start using their $39.99 a month gym membership. If you
2: experience any of these symptoms, Snapchat your trainer immediately.
0: Welcome, Food Heals Nation. Thanks for joining us. I'm Allison Melody. And I'm Susie Hardy. Today's guest is Kathleen Moore. Kathleen is an intuitive coach, a psychic medium, clairvoyant, spiritual counselor, and an ordained minister. She sees into her clients' futures and helps them reconnect with their loved ones. Kathleen is also a trained
2: naturalist. Kathleen's love of nature and connection to spirit through animals drove her to choose this path. She knew from a young age that she saw the world differently. Kathleen's gift is to help others along their spiritual journey. She's been giving professional readings since she was 18 years old. And, you know, Susie, I know it's hard
0: for many people to believe in, you know, psychics or mediums or the ability to communicate with the dead or that type of thing. And so I thought maybe we could just share our own experiences, not to prove that it's possible but just to open up the conversation of what is possible because I have had extremely incredible experiences that are unexplainable by you know my ego that wants to make everything scientific and understandable and what you see is what you get right and I know you have as well yep So what was your, I know you actually had a reading with Kathleen. I I had two. Okay, so tell us about those.
2: Yeah, okay. So I grew up with a a mother and an aunt that very much, I don't even want to say believed Mm -hmm. in this kind of thing, in mediums and clairvoyance and psychic ability because they had their own personal experiences where they're like, no, this is part of life. And so... I grew up with that as like, no, it wasn't is-
0: foreign to you. No,
2: it was just like, this is this mystical unexplained thing, but we've had our own experiences and it's fun. And, and we kind of see it as just part of the tapestry of life. And it's yeah. interesting. And my mom and my aunt, uh, were twins. My mom has been, has passed away five years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and my aunt was widowed when she was 30. And my mom and my aunt were incredibly close. I thought all twins were like that. Mm-hmm. I thought all twins dressed the same, thought the same thoughts, knew what each other was thinking, because that's what they just did. And that's, that's just who they were. And then when I later, as an adult, met other identical twins, it's like, oh, they're not some of them hated each other. Uh-huh. I'm like, wow, they had a really special relationship. Yeah. But that was just who they were. Mm-hmm. And it was celebrated. And they knew what each other was thinking. How do you explain that? They right. have the same DNA. Right. They're two, they were part of one egg that split in utero and they have the same DNA, but they're two separate bodies. Mm-hmm. But they could communicate without speaking. They knew what each other was thinking. They were so in tune to each other. Mm. Um, so that was the basis of it. And then thereafter, my aunt was widowed when she was 30. But before that happened, they were walking their dogs one day. They were they were newly newlyweds, both of them. And they were walking their dogs. And my mom just stopped and said, we're gonna be really sad when we're 30 and my aunt looked at her like what crazy like what are you talking about and she's like I don't know I just got this feeling that we're gonna be really sad when we're 30 and my aunt's soulmate passed away in a very tragic helicopter crash when they were 30 oh my god and they both remembered that like that was like so strange to them Mm -hmm. um thereafter they had both experienced seeing spirits many times And they believed their own experience. It wasn't like they were, they weren't trying to prove anything to anybody. They just, they just kind of knew what they had been through. Mm -hmm. And they knew that there was more than meets the eye. They knew that there was more out there in terms of a spirit realm or psychic connection or psychic tapestry or connected universe than we humans understand or are willing as a general population to believe. Right and so they found it fascinating and mystical and and fun and so I grew up with that I grew up with that all the time um stories about oh we saw your uncle or you know like Mm -hmm. uh so when I was 13 I went to my first psychic fair which was really interesting as a 13 year old I can Uh, imagine yeah well you go and you and they you know it was just me and and my aunt and my mother and I'm sure my dad thought my mom was nuts, but like
1: he <laughs> <we laughs> indulged
2: her and and uh, and I went and I saw John. We I saw John Edwards, who later became very renowned. Had, oh,
0: before he was on TV. Before he was
2: on TV, he was probably in his early twenties. Oh. Uh, before he had a show crossing over with John Edwards and wrote all of his books mm-hmm. and did all of his tours. And I at the time didn't know too many people had passed, uh, but he gave me a reading, and I totally felt like my great aunt was coming over. He Aww. described her very well, and and I saw a few other psychics. And it was always kind of a a very fun, playful thing. It wasn't taken like this is going to happen. It was always kind of like, oh, that could that could be true. You know, let's let's kind of divine into the future. Uh-huh. You know, and so that's that's where I came from with it, and it's it's continued to be a source of. I want to say a, a source of entertainment and introspection. It's like sometimes right. when you, I, I fully believe, this is a theory that I have, but I fully believe that anybody who has a storefront with neon signs that say psychic or they have like a big palm in the window, don't go to them. I
0: know. The I'm people, with you. The
2: people that are legit only go through referral. Mm-hmm. They're like a good doctor or a hairstylist. Like mm-hmm. they only, they don't advertise. Because there is a way to kind of quote unquote read people and, and read what they're looking for or tell them that what they want to hear. hear. Uh-huh. And you don't want that, you know, if you're open to this kind of thing, if you're curious. I think that's part
0: of the problem is that there's so many, unfortunately, um, fakes out there that it gives the real people who really have the ability and want to help other people it gives them a bad name and that's really unfortunate
2: yeah i think it's also a mistake to go into it wanting to hear something specific so like with kathleen for instance when my mom passed it was really tragic and it was really hard and i know you can understand that um but i always thought i got and i didn't know any you know, John Edward, I hadn't seen him and he became hugely famous. I'm like, I'm not gonna get him. And <laughs> I I know I tried to get in touch with Teresa Caputo of Long Island Medium because I'm from Long Island and she became way famous and way too expensive. And I was like, nope. Oh and no. I was like, there's gotta be other people that, that can kind of help me with this. Or I thought if there's any spirit that was ever gonna come through a medium, mm-hmm. it would be my mother. Because she was all into it. And exactly. She's like, I got this. Sis. Yeah. Here like I she's am. waiting for me to find them. And so I've actually been to three now that she passed because you never want to you know no one's perfect like as Kathleen said in in, when we uh when we interviewed Mm -hmm. her um she doesn't know everything and she's not always 100 percent correct
0: and it's how um someone interprets what they're seeing and so they could interpret something And it's because of their life experience that they
2: see it a certain way. right? And they all get different. They also interpret it different ways. Some hear their clairaudient. They hear Mm -hmm. things. Some are clairvoyant. They see things. Yeah. uh, Or they feel things or they have to interpret pictures. And and some of them, I've had some of them go, okay, like, this is what I'm getting. I have no idea what this means. And it made total sense to me. Yes. Right? So, like, for instance, the first one that I went to. I had just been married and um, it was on my mind. I was like, I want to know if my mom was there, right? Was she at my wedding? Aww. And this, yeah. And because it was very, like, I had moments where I had a piece of her veil attached to my dress, you know? And I That's had a, so a videographer be like, What are you do-? As I was tying it to my dress, he's like, What are you doing? I completely broke down. I was like, This is my mom's veil and it, it's going to be on. I was like, Oh my God, I'm oh going to ruin God. my makeup. <laughs> And then, you know, it was very emotional. Um, I really wish that she was there. And then I went to see this medium uh, upon recommendation of a friend who had seen her and said, yes, yeah, she's the real deal. Mm-hmm. And she was like pink. I asked her the question. Like it, we went through this whole uh, reading mm-hmm. and I feel like I connected with my mom and I actually went through a circle in the round with her like a 10 minute to see, to try her out. This was the first time I went to a medium. And I absolutely felt like she was describing my mother. Yeah. Like there was no doubt in my mind. So then I was like, okay, I'm booking an hour. And we got to the end of that hour and I was like, I, you know, was she at my wedding? And she's like, okay, let me ask her. And she's like, pink. Pink, 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 pink. That's exactly what she says. She's like, was there pink in your dress? Uh-huh. I was like, yeah. And she's like, of course she was there. She was there. She saw your pink dress. Like, And it was just like amazing. Oh, because how many, this pink. I love pink, that. Yeah, it was just very specific and very right to the point and very validating and You know what's weird is you think that you'll feel like, oh, I'm at peace now. No, because I still miss my mom. Of course. And there's no reading that's ever going to fulfill that connection of having them here and even the way Kathleen described it, it's like, yeah, you're still going to miss them because they're still human. But I found so much peace through it. And also with Kathleen, Kathleen especially. I had a reading with Kathleen over the phone because she's in Ohio. We're in California. The first time was just about my mother. And I, I, I just, I was telling you earlier, I took, I take notes. I would write down yeah, things and I came across them recently and reread them because at the time, especially if you're dealing with, um, if you're doing a reading with her where it's more about who you're connecting with versus just psychic, your future. Sometimes it doesn't always connect with you because she said a couple of things, and I remember just tearing up. And and mm-hmm. and that's the, that's the that's the that she talks about intuition. That's your immediate kind kind of like your reaction to that. Your
0: intuition is like confirming.
2: Yeah, the hairs on my arm stood yeah. up, and like I felt like teary and I'm like, oh, I'm I, this is legit. Yeah. Uh, she doesn't ask you for anything. Like that's another thing. Like if you ever go to a psychic or a medium, they're asking you too many questions. They should be able to just go right. <laughs> and if they're asking too many things, uh, you, you might want to rethink it or or take it with a grain of salt but i from my experience my friend's experience with kathleen moore it was legit it was real and yeah. that's why i invite her to be on our show because it was really healing and validating from a medium perspective and then also the fact that um, not every medium can do psychic readings or of, of, of your own stuff so that's uh, some of them are it's, often they're separate
0: yeah. And I think that, you know, people do have different talents and abilities that they have developed, like you said, clear audience, or they can see things or what have you. And then we all have this. Mm-hmm. Innately. We all have this. It's an ability that we possess. Yeah. And you can either ignore it or develop it. Yeah. And so for me, I've ignored it most of my life because I had my father going, "What you see is what you get, everything else is bullshit, right. but then I had my mother, who was more like your mother and your aunt, who was very into spirituality and um developing her intuition and psychic ability. women
2: often are you know
0: I know that's true yeah. ain't that the truth so i've always had this like devil and angel on my shoulder when it comes to this where uh, the devil is going, this is BS, don't pay attention, walk away. And then I've always had the angel or whatever being like, this is everything, listen, learn, grow, and develop. So it's very interesting for me. But my whole life, I've had psychics almost pursuing me, which is strange. I've had people come up to me on the street and want to talk to me, and I'm like, get out of my face. <laughs> <laughs> what the F do you think you're doing? And it's yeah. almost like, um, you know, you think, like you said, the ones on the street with the big signs. I don't trust them either. Yeah. And I've been to those, and uh, it's fine, but it's nothing life-changing. But um, throughout my life, I've had experiences that have kind of confirmed there's something bigger out there. Yes, we can communicate with those who have passed on 100%, and it just is energetic rather than woo woo And rather than physical. And so it's interesting. I've never had as accurate a reading as I had right after my father died. And I don't know if it's because I was so devastated and so down that I would believe anything. But shit, this all came true. Like 100% specific. Yeah, you told me about this one. I know. So I'll tell you again and I'll tell our listeners I don't know if I've ever told this story on the podcast. I truly can't remember. I don't think so. I think this has
2: just uh, been between the two of us.
0: Yeah. So this is legit, Food Heals Nation. This happened. I'm not a crazy person. This all Well, you are, but in a different way. In a good way, I hope. Yeah, very good way. I like being my level of crazy. (laughs) But anyway, so um, my dad passed away, and it was 2007, and we were still – I was in his house. There had been some – Really interesting experiences there that had already happened, which I think I talked about in our ghost story episode. Yeah, yeah, a couple, Yeah, like a year and a half ago. So you can always listen to our first Halloween episode. Anyway, we got a reading. And when I say we, my father had remarried my stepmom and she had two daughters. And so the four of us got a reading. And I don't know who got her number, but she came over to our house. So again, it was not in, you know, off- The downtown strip with big bright lights. uh, She worked by referral and she sat down with me and she told me things that I have on a recording and kept in a journal that absolutely became my life. And I guess you could say, uh, maybe, oh, I made them happen because I heard this, but that is not the case. So here are some examples of what she said. First, she said, and this is before I had a film production company at all, but I had been to film school and I had graduated. But she didn't know that. She didn't know me. And there was no internet for her. This is 11 years ago. I didn't have Facebook, right? And so I was just starting my LA career, but I was back in North Carolina because I was taking care of him. So I really hadn't gotten started yet. This is just before my career really started. But I had graduated film school. And she said, you're traveling on a plane and there's a camera under your seat. And I was like, okay, that's cool. Like, sounds good to me. Um, And then she's like, you're at this festival and everyone's walking around and they're clapping for you. And I was like, cool, man. Like, this all sounds great. Well, shortly after I moved to L.A., um, my first job, I was traveling throughout Southern California filming. So there was a camera under my seat right? On the airplane. And then um, two of my films got into film festivals. And so there was a summer where I was going to film festivals. So people were clapping for my film. They were just shorts, no big deal. But that was kind of like crazy because I hadn't done anything career-wise yet. And that all happened within a matter of, you know, the first year or two I was in LA. Then she says about my next big relationship. Well, there's an M in his name, there's an M in his mother's name, and you're going to be introduced by a guy named Steve. Well, shortly after I moved to LA, I met Dan Massarelli, who has an M in his name. Obviously, his mother has the same M in her name, and his sister also has an M in her name, Michelle. Guess what Dan's roommate's name was? Steve. Steve. Okay. Okay. That's very specific. This amount of specificity, I cannot make up. Yeah. And I wasn't out. I don't think I was out there looking for my Steve or anything. I couldn't even remember what she said by the time all of this happened. That's why I always
2: take notes. Yeah. I'll find these.
0: I keep them in a folder. And always, and I'll flip
2: back. and I'm like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Look at
0: that. Exactly. And so I look back on the notes and I was like, after I think I didn't even look at these notes until Dan and I had been full on together for like maybe two or three years. And I looked back at that journal and I was like, I mean, can you imagine? And I think I eventually showed him because I was like, should I show him this or is this fucking creepy? You did? Yeah. What did he say? Well, he's like, he's very open and accepting. And so he was, I, I mean, I don't know if that if he believes like, oh, she predicted your future, but he definitely was like, well, there's something to this. Like, we're definitely meant to be together. Mm-hmm. And obviously now he's my husband and la, 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 la. She never said we're getting married or anything like that. She just said like your next big relationship is X. And so between those very specific things, I I mean, I have such a trust and belief that There is more than what you see is what you get, which is what my dad believed. And I've also had deeper healing experiences with energy healers and people who were mediums or psychics who have really connected me to my mom and dad and told me things that, you know, are so personal that they couldn't possibly know. Yeah. And when I've told my friends, like, oh, they said my mom says this. I remember my best friend Kobe just laughing and being like, that's so your mom. You know what I mean?
2: That's right. Things like that. Yeah. Where when people listen to this episode, they're going to hear an ex- like an <laughs> example from Kathleen where it's like, yeah, it, it, it's incredible. I, I I don't have any doubt. I mean, I, th- I think there's, there are people out there that have a stronger gift than others. Mm-hmm. I have people. I believe that, that there are people out there that are kind of full of shit that mm-hmm. just reading and taking advantage. But that's not to say that, that this isn't for real. Yeah.
0: And so like everything we talk about on the Food Heals podcast, do your research. Yep. Decide what you believe. Find someone who really resonates with trust you. Trust your gut. Trust. I was about to say that. <laughs> you say it. Go ahead. Say it.
2: I will take it back. Oh, my gosh. But Roxy, that's, delete it. Delete, delete,
0: delete. Just kidding. But that's like us being on the same wavelength right now. Like, trust your gut. Trust your intuition. And what am I thinking right now? I'm looking into your eyes. You're thinking, I need more wine. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) But actually, we're not drinking wine. What are we drinking, Susie?
2: Delicious cocoa cocktails. Cocoa
0: cocktails. So if you are looking for a healthy drink, I promise we didn't plan this transition at all. No, But if you are looking for a healthy cocktail, cocoa cocktails has your back. They're really
2: good and like refreshing, like tasty, fruity, light. Gives you a little bit of a buzz. Very nice. It's a perfect buzz. Mm -hmm.
0: So thank you to Franz for sending us some of your delicious cocoa cocktails. They are the number one world's most nutritious cocktail. And they're a good source of vitamin A, C, D, E, B1, B6, and have 177 milligrams of potassium. So get your drink on. That's right. (laughs) And they're so much fun. They've been to our parties multiple parties of ours one was our food heals podcast party another was our friends party Yvonne she did a party at pollution studios and they came as well and we always have a blast with them so drink your cocoa cocktails and next we're talking to Kathleen Moore she is a psychic clairvoyant she's amazing we can't wait to tell you all about her
2: the food heals podcast starts now
0: Today we're here with a guest I'm super excited about, Kathleen Moore. Kathleen shares her incredible abilities through private readings, gallery readings, house cleansings, and motivational speaking events. And Susie, you have a special connection.
2: I do. Um, I have had the pleasure of having two readings with Kathleen, as have other friends of mine, so I found out about her. I just thought we had to have her on the show. I thought our listeners would love to hear what she has to say. So welcome, Kathleen. Thanks. Hello. How is everyone doing tonight? We're doing great. We're so happy to have you here. Um, so why don't you tell uh, our listeners, Kathleen, a bit about who you are and what you do? Hey, I am Kathleen Moore. I
1: am a psychic medium. I have been reading professionally for a little over 27 years. I predominantly read by spirit energy. I do readings over the phone and by Skype and in person, and I've been doing it since I was a little girl. But, you know, you take breaks from your abilities as you grow. But this is something I was born with, something that I've always been able to do. It's something that has always been a part of me. So it's something that it's it's like being raised knowing two languages. It's something that's very natural to me. I've always been able to connect with spirit, uh, whether through nature or with energy that has crossed over. To the natural part of life, I really feel that spirit energy is very natural. I feel energy is first and physical being is second. So I don't look at it as death that we're crossing over to the other side. I look at it more as going back to our natural higher selves. So I've always been able to connect with uh, spirit energy for people that are in the physical world. So, I give messages to people. I'm also a clairvoyant, which means I see, feel, and hear for people in a way that helps them in their physical journey here when they're in the physical world. I do see that in the form of a photograph because that's what makes sense to me when I was younger. So to me, it's like I look at photo albums for people inside my head, but I also dabbled with tarot cards and imagery that makes sense. You know, I'm very attracted to nature beauty or the beauty of tarot cards that show a lot of natural ability. So I'm very connected to the Rider-Waite deck and cards that have a lot of imagery from nature so that's what i basically do and i've been doing it for a number of years and i did work for a number of years uh you know with state parks and wildlife and you know working in in nature and interpretation as well so that's what i do and i absolutely love it i absolutely am crazy head over heels in love with what i do i love it every day i get up Absolutely happy about what I do, and I love my clients. I love the people I come into contact with, and I'm very, very blessed about that. I don't want to sound like all love and light because I'm not always love and light. I'm very connected to the physical world, so I'm not one of those people where I'm like, oh, it's a spiritual experience. I I have a gift. I don't feel it's a gift. I feel it's an ability and i feel just like anybody everybody has a special ability that they have to get they get paid for some are surgeons some are teachers telling stories everybody has this amazing ability so i prefer not to use the term gift and a lot of people use that with this spiritual community and it tends to separate it and it makes people feel like they're above everybody else and we're all part of a tapestry and we're all part of that so i don't like that term there was even there was even a movie
2: called the gift it was a great mm -hmm. movie with Kate blanchett and she played a psychic reader and yeah there was even a (laughs) movie entitled that so
1: they should change
2: yes Yes.
1: He's like such a dick in that movie. I was like, oh.
2: <laughs> he was. He was, yeah. He was the abusive uh, town jerk.
1: Yeah, but he turned out to not be the really bad guy, you know?
2: <laughs> yeah, they have to do that. They got to lead you down the wrong path so you can figure out the right one.
0: You have to see the character overcome something and become their true wonderful selves. Yeah.
2: Well, especially when it's a who done it. It's like, it could be this one, could be this one. It's obviously this one because he's the town dick, but it wasn't, you know? That was that was the big reveal. Well,
1: and that movie is actually a really good movie about following your intuition and showing that not every psychic is 100% right. Mm-hmm. Because even we can misinterpret the messages we get. She was very convinced that he was the one that killed her, and he wasn't. So she got the messages, but she assumed... That she had the right killer, and at first she did not. So even a psychic can be wrong, and a lot of people hold us. This is I always tell people that you can be right a thousand times, and then one time you're wrong. They'll go out of their way to call you and tell you you're wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, well, you know, there. Uh, I'm in the physical world too. I have to be integrated into the physical world, so I have to, I have to be wrong sometimes because if I'm right all the time, then how do I evolve? How do I learn? How do I experience? How I, can, I stop learning if if I'm right all the time? So I can't be right all the time, and I have to be able to teach as well as learn. So I thank God, I thank higher spirit, I thank for those times when I'm wrong. So when I started doing this full time, I started reading professionally when I was 18. But for a long time before that, everybody told me, you can't do, this is a gift. You can't charge for it. You have to be able to give it. And I would work two jobs and then I would read cards and I would do readings for people. And I was so exhausted. And my guide would come to me all the time and tell me, you, you can't do this. You, you have to charge for it. Yeah. You know the, He says, sur- would you go to a free surgeon? And I kept saying, well, no. And he says, well, why not? He says, you need to quit listening to everybody else. He said, they're the ones that are taking advantage of you. You know, okay, well, show me a sign. <laughs> I so love that. showing me signs. I do that he showing all the me time. Show me signs. And then finally, he showed me a really big sign. So I just really started listening because I said, you know He says, you tell everybody else to listen to their inner voice, yet you don't listen to your own. I said, well, I guess I better start listening to my own. And I did. And it's just been a wonderful experience since then. And I love it. I just do.
2: So Kathleen, if you uh, to our listeners, what, how would how do you suggest if you are not tapped into your inner voice, or you're not always listening to it? Where do people start? What is something they can do? if they if they're if they're not trusting it or they're not you know off off I'll, i even myself i'll, I'll speak for my own personal experience you know i'll second guess or i'll be you know
0: well i asked for the sign just like you just said like i'm like okay prove it to me mm-hmm. i need the proof and then i get it and i'm like oh shit
1: <laughs> everybody wants it everybody expects they think it has to be harder than it has to be and when we keep asking for the sign it get every time it gets harder and harder it's like If you say to yourself, I tell people the difference between ego and intuition is that we are taught the more information we have, the more real it is. And then we're taught it can't be that easy. So I tell people, start with everyday little things like food, water, and shelter are basic needs that we need for survival. So there's no thought process to it. So let's go with simple things like when I pull out of the driveway, do I go left or right? If the first thing that comes into your head is left, everything after that is bullshit. Everything after that is ego. Okay. After that, you don't listen to anything else. You turn left. If you go right every single day and you say your ego pops in and goes, yeah, we can go left. Then you have confirmation. You're like, yes. And then you hear this little word that goes, but usually go right. And then you get all this filler. But crazy Samantha lives down that way. And, you know, every time you drive by her house, she tells everybody that you're stalking her. And you're like, you know what? I don't even want to deal with that today. I'm going to go right anyways. So then you turn right. You get in a fender bender. You're in litigation for two years. And you say to your friend, you know, I asked myself that day, should I go left or right? I was going to go left. But I didn't want to deal with crazy Samantha with all her things. Everybody's stalking her when you drive by her house on a nice day. And your friend goes, what are you talking about? She moved like two years ago. So your ego created a scenario that never occurred Mm -hmm. and you took it as gospel. Right. So it was all filler. So I always tell people your ego always starts to get overwhelming when you're moving in the right direction. It often talks us out of really simple things like turning left or right. Or should I apply for this new job, even though I might not be interested in a new job right now? It kind of just popped up. Maybe I should apply for it. Well, you know, I've been at this job a long time and I've worked really hard. Why would I apply for a new job when I'm not even looking for a new job? Sometimes our intuition pops in just to give us a boost sometimes Mm -hmm. it's not even about change it's just to give us a a boost but our ego comes in and says it shouldn't be that easy Mm, yeah it's like when we date someone new and we're like oh there's this great connection hey you know what it shouldn't be this easy But it is that easy. Our intuition is always right. It always knows what's coming. It just doesn't get involved with free will. So when you go, should I go left or right? It says left. Intuition always gives you what you ask for. It doesn't give you any fillers. It Mm -hmm. just says left. It doesn't Mm go left because if you go right, you're going to get an offender bender. It just says left. Usually ego will get really loud too when, when you're asking for a lot of advice from the people around you. When you're asking for confirmations from people around you, like if you're starting to date someone new, I'm just using romance as an example, but I know one of you is starting to date someone new, so let's uh, just. It
0: must be Roxy because Susie and I are married. <laughs> is she smiling, Susie? Is she smiling? Oh, she's blushing. Okay, go on, Kathleen. Tell us everything.
1: So, you're starting to date someone new, you start asking everybody around you you start to get You want to get confirmation from everybody around you. And then you start listening to their advice rather than listening to that inner voice. And then you start to doubt your inner voice because, and and then I tell everybody, listen, don't take relationship advice from people that aren't taking their own relationship advice. Yeah. And then don't take relationship advice from people that aren't in healthy relationships.
0: So true.
1: (laughs) And that's what usually happens. So people are notorious for doing this as well, is we're all writing spiritual resumes. And until you end up with the one that you're going to grow old with, you're writing a spiritual resume, just like a work resume. So, you know, you're not supposed to feel that way until you're with the right one. You can't hide red flags. You can try to pretend they're not there, but you just can't hide it. Mm-hmm. I had yeah. an old man come to me once for a woman. Every man she dated had a red flag. And she he finally said, would you please tell her it doesn't matter how far they shoved that red flag up their ass. You can't hide it. <laughs> I love that. He's <laughs> he right. And then she would end up getting really hurt. And he says, "Quit ignoring the red flags." And once she started ignoring the red flags, she started attracting a completely different type of person. She started listening to her intuition. She started not listening to her friends. All her friends, she would ask for advice on, "What do you think about this?" She just didn't waste her time. What if I miss the one I'm supposed to be with? Well. You're not going to miss the one you're supposed to be with. What if you waste a lot of time with the one you're not supposed to be with?
0: Yeah. And what about figuring out the difference between what are your judgments that you're holding that you can just let go of because they're BS versus what are actually red flags that you need to be like, you know what? Bye-bye.
1: Well, sometimes judgments are part of our learning experience, our spiritual resume, or actually the work experience. Mm -hmm. It's not necessarily that it's red flags. It's that we enjoy each other's company. That we like each other, but as we're growing as a couple, we're deciding that we have different interests, that there may be an age difference, there may be some community differences that we have, that we don't grow as a couple, but we grow spiritually together and then just grow apart. But we get a lot of experience of it together. And it doesn't mean that it's not a good relationship. It just means it's not a long-term relationship, but it teaches us that we can have healthy relationships that aren't long-term. And that's another thing that society teaches us. Hey, if you have a great relationship that lasts three years, you're supposed to love each other for 40 years. And that's not necessarily true either. You can have a soulmate that can last five or six years and teach you a lot, but not be 30 years or 40 years.
2: I think that is so interesting and important for people to hear that you can have a soulmate oh, yeah. for three or four or five years and it doesn't mean... Can you have a soulmate that isn't a lover? Can you have a... Oh, absolutely. A- like a pet or a best friend or a relative?
1: Absolutely. It really bothers me when I hear people absolutely separate. They put so much on the term soulmate. And people always think about the soulmate thing, and they think there's only one in this lifetime. And there's literally thousands. I always tell people, you have 50,000 people to choose from that are your soulmate both romantically and platonically in this lifetime, you'll also meet like soul sisters or soul brothers or some people that you'll meet that you just feel like, I felt like I've known them my whole life. I truly have met several clients. They say, I know I dated a soulmate of mine and I knew immediately that it was not going to be long term. And that really broke my heart because I was taught that, you know, you have this soul connection and it's supposed to be to the end of time. And that when you find your soulmate, it's supposed to be till the end of time. And I'm like, well, who told you that? <laughs> Disney, as Susie what's say. Disney! <laughs> I don't want to make it sound like that takes away the specialness from a love. I, because I do feel that you will find somebody that you'll connect very close to it at some point but i think people are so intent on finding the needle in the haystack yes that they get stuck looking for that one that they think they're running out of time and i do feel that they end up getting stuck in some toxic relationships because they feel like oh my gosh you know they haven't found that one you know special person and i do feel there's more than one soulmate in a lifetime and some of them aren't long-term. Some of them are five to 10 years. Some of them that you you hear about people, oh, they were married 20 years and they grew apart and now they're both with somebody else and they're happy. I can't believe it failed after 20 years. And I think to myself, oh my gosh, who would think 20 years was a failure?
0: I agree. 100%. There is a reason for that relationship. There's a reason for all of these long-term relationships.
1: I can't, Imagine anybody in their right mind, anybody thinking 20 years was a failure. I have heard many, many people say, we stayed together for the children. And Mm -hmm. I think, so you want your kids to think this is a normal relationship. Mm -hmm. And love is such a gift that you should always show love. And children should always see that sometimes love doesn't mean always being together. Sometimes you have to be intimate as friends and you have to love each other at the same time. Sometimes we're putting each other's path to teach each other that it's okay to be part of each other's life and then move on to the next person that's a deeper, more connected relationship. And there can be more than one soulmate in a romantic way. I do feel that sometimes it's unhealthy to connect with a soulmate that's 10 years, you have a relationship for 10 years, then you move on, and then you keep that connection as a friendship because you're on to your next soulmate. That can be very disrespectful to the next evolving relationship and can be a threat to that relationship because some people are like, well... I don't want to ever give up that friendship that we have. My new boyfriend doesn't understand it or my new girlfriend doesn't understand it. Well, sure. There's a soulmate there. They can feel it. Yeah. (laughs) Let it go. (laughs) So a lot of spiritualists give the impression that you're to only have one in a lifetime. And I don't believe that to be true. I believe that you'll find more than one in a lifetime. So when people say, well, I don't want to be somebody that's been married three times or have been with three or four people that's long term, I don't want to be a serial monogamous. I'm like, well, why not?
0: (laughs) Because that's what we're taught is wrong. Yeah. Honestly. I've
2: been reading this really great book called Sex Before Dawn. And it talks about how we've been taught that our species evolved to be pair bonded male female couples in order to raise a child which takes you know 18 years or so and and that's how our our society has evolved and basically in a nutshell compares that to where where we think about sex far too much and we're able to have sex outside of times where we can procreate unlike most animals where A lot of them, if they are monogamous, only have sex when they can have babies. And we can have it all the time. We can have it, you know, many different ways with multiple people. Mm -hmm. And and it basically, and it compares us to the bonobos who are the only other primate that are like that. And they function in a very different way where they have multiple partners. They use sex for solving conflict. They use sex as a relaxation tool and as a bonding tool and as a stress tool. Mm -hmm. They do it just like we do. It's a fascinating book, and uh, it's kind of changed my thinking about that, where I remember reading a paper in college, and it's trying to figure out whether or not we were meant to be monogamous, because species are usually one or the other, or they have specific patterns, like emperor penguins uh, down in the Antarctic are monogamous for a season, and they raise a child, and then they move on the next year. So the paper was basically inconclusive, or the study was inconclusive. It's very fascinating because in our society we've we've been taught this, and it's ingrained. And it's like you have to find your soulmate, you have to find the one, and it has to be perfect, and and you're gonna have this blissful life. And if you don't, you're a failure.
1: And divorce is wrong. And divorce is wrong. Oh, and we're, yeah, we're definitely taught divorce is wrong, and that's what we've been taught. We've been taught this is love, and it's going to hurt because somebody got hurt at some point, so they put the cloak and dagger in it. And the and the three words "misery loves company" insinuates to people that. If you're not in misery or you're not with somebody that's miserable, you are going to be alone. Mm-hmm. So we spend our entire life trying to get people out of misery. So if we're not, you know, if we can fix somebody else, we'll be happy and not out of, we'll be out of misery, but we won't be alone. We're always trying to take care of somebody in misery to get out of misery. Mm-hmm. Happiness is easy.
2: How How yeah. is happiness easy? Happiness is easy. But if you're if you're in pain or if you've had some shitty experiences that you can't seem to shake or, or you know, I, I, I love psychology. I love studying the subconscious. I'm just fascinated with all of that, with our mind-body connection. I do know that, like, <laughs> our minds love to rule stuff, i.e. the ego. They love to try to take over and insert themselves and... You're right. It sure. is It is easy if you allow it. But what do you do if you've had some really shitty experiences? They're, they're dwelling there. What do you do? How do you tap into your happiness? Well, negative energy is what you allow is what
1: will occur. And every negative experience brings us to a higher vibrational spot. You know, I mean, everybody has a bad day. But when you have more bad days than good, what do you have that's good? So tell me one good thing that happened today. People really get stuck in their bad – and I and I tell my clients all the time, tell me your best memory and your worst memory. Ooh, that's a good one. They'll tell me their worst memory in great detail and their best memory. They'll tell me in a very small paragraph, <laughs> and then they'll downplay their accomplishment because people – always sympathize with the negative. Right, that's so true. People will connect with the negative. So I go, no, 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 no. Why did you tell me your best memory and then downplay it? Sometimes it's all about looking at it from a different perspective. I think happiness is easy. I think people make everything harder than it has to be.
2: What are your thoughts on what is predetermined for us versus us manifesting what we want. Are there certain things that you think and soul, like soul contracts, like when we come down, are we were you meant to experience certain things? What are, What are your thoughts on all of that? I
1: think we're all here to teach. We're all here to experience. And I feel we're all here to love. Everybody that comes back is here to bring their soul to a higher vibrational level. I feel that there is predestined Maps, but I think there's free will. So sometimes people get sidetracked, and I feel those are like detours, and that's when our egos tend to get very loud and they detour us. I think sometimes those detours aren't our shit; it's somebody else's. Like you might be on your path, and it's destiny, and it's your path, and you get sidetracked and you get detoured because you're meant to help somebody. Like you might be at the right place at the right time to save somebody else's life. For example, what you ladies do with helping people with their diet, you might not have thought about doing that at the beginning and you you detoured and it, it helped save people's life and you actually helped people go in a completely different direction. So you might have actually been detoured to what you actually thought you were going to do in life to help them. In turn, it changed your destiny a little bit. But I do feel that we're predestined with a map before we come into this world. Just like a roadmap, there's many different ways to get to the end result or where we end up.
0: I really like the way that you... Um talked about the roadmap and there's different ways to get there because I really, really believe that. And I feel like that kind of answers Susie's question about free will and that type of thing. Like, of course we have free will, but we still have destiny and we're allowed and we can have both, but that's a hard concept for people to grasp. And the way you put it just really makes it, it makes it make sense. Like, okay, you're going to get to this point and how you're going to get there is up to you. So I really, really appreciate that. And um, before we wrap up, I really want to go back to something you said in the very beginning that I've been dying to ask you about that we haven't really gotten into yet. And not to get dark, everyone, but I want to talk about Get
2: dark, do it. Okay. I <laughs> want to talk about. Roxy, play like a vampire theme. Go ahead. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Okay. I want to talk about death because everyone in this room, and I'm sure you as well, Kathleen, have experienced death in some form. And I was told maybe a few years ago by an energy healer who had psychic abilities. I'm not sure if she was a medium or not. And she said, death is merely a transformation of energy. And I loved that because it made me not see it as someone being gone. It made me see it as they're still here. They're just in a different form. So can you talk a little bit about your views about that?
1: Absolutely. I don't feel death is a permanent ending, Death is us going home. Mm -hmm. I use the term home. Some people use the term heaven. Mm -hmm. Uh, I feel that when people talk about the other side or spirit energy, to me, that is a place that is very complex and very connected. And I feel the physical world is secondary to it. Mm -hmm. It's very parallel to our world. And I feel it's in everything. And I feel it's in in nature is very connected to it. I don't feel it's... And when people talk about the veil, they use the term the veil. And there's times where they say the veil is thin and the worlds collide. They make it sound like it's this two different planets or these two different. And it's always there. It's an energy. The reason why people feel it stronger at night is because people tend to be turned off at night. Mm-hmm. That tends there's less energy in electronics. Mm-hmm. People aren't sidetracked. There's quiet time. There isn't the busyness of the day. So people connect to it. But I don't feel death is a permanent separation from our loved ones. People tend to think of it as a permanent separation because of the physical sense of loss. But there's no permanent separation. I feel it's just the physical sense of loss. So I tell people they feel their their loved ones there. Now, the physical sense of loss, the grief can be crippling. Yes. They, they say, oh, my gosh, I, I haven't felt my mom since she passed. or And everybody else is feeling them. And mm-hmm. I'm very, very desperate. And I said, you know, sometimes they know that. You feeling them will set you back in your grief and the last thing they want to do is set you back in your grief because you still have things you have to accomplish in this physical life. And the last thing they want to do is have you feel like you are stuck profound sadness is not honoring the life they left behind in the physical world. And I actually had one lady come through in a reading once for a daughter. She kept saying to me, woman swore like a sailor. And um, I kept kept saying, I I, I said, I really want to repeat. I try to repeat it exactly the way their loved ones do, but the woman was very prim and proper. And I said, I hate to say this, but your mother keeps saying to me, why does my daughter look so fucking old? (laughs) I said that I said, and I don't discuss people's readings, but she gave me permission. I always ask before I share people's readings, you know, I would never divulge people's readings. I'm very big on privacy, but she thought this was hilarious. She said, you may share my story anytime. And I, she said it over and over again, "My why does my daughter look so fucking old? She's always taking care of herself. My god." <laughs> oh and I said she keeps saying that. She goes, "Well, I don't know why I look so damn old." My she goes, "My mother always swore like a sailor. It was so embarrassing." <laughs> <laughs> and then she goes, "My god, she died 15 years ago." And she goes, "I died 15 years ago. Jesus Christ." <laughs> <laughs> The woman had no idea she had passed 15 years ago.
2: Wow. She,
1: she had crossed over and was so thrilled to be home. But the woman suffered an immense amount of time in the physical world before she passed. She mm-hmm. had MS. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, really suffered a very long time before she passed. But you know, she said, "My mother swore like a sailor and said the <laughs> rudest things to people, and would cackle because she's like nobody ever said anything to her about it because she was in a wheelchair, and she goes, My mother thought that was the funniest thing. She goes, I was mortified every time she did.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's just the last thing you expect from.
2: My someone My God, in a Kathleen, wheelchair. I can't imagine the stories you have. Wow. Oh my gosh
1: there's a couple. <laughs> There's a couple. The woman didn't think I was really talking to her mother. And I said, I'm so sorry. I said, your mother's insisting that I say this. Because I could tell the woman would have been very offended by language. Mm-hmm. And so then I said, you know, I'm sorry, but she's saying, you know, and she goes, why does my daughter look so fucking old? And then she <laughs> right away she's like, oh, my gosh. My mother's so embarrassing. But she knew right away it was her mother then. Do
2: you but- know, it's so um, relieving to me. To think that our loved ones retain whatever kind of quirkiness mm-hmm. that, we rem- that, that we associate as maybe human. That like if you think, oh, you cross over, you go through the veil, you go to the light, and you're purified, and you're completely perfect. and No, it's like they retain their personalities. Yeah, the stuff that you remember. Um,
1: oh, yeah. To no, me, no, that's no, no, so
2: no. funny and so comforting at the same time it is comforting because you would you would think like oh they're going to the angels and god and universe and light and 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 we're different over there we're different over there and i remember my mother repeating i was a teenager uh repeating what she had heard in the reading and it was like nothing had changed she she was the same person and it was oddly comforting i was like oh yeah that is her that would totally be her you know like and just as i've had readings with you and as have my friends, and that's how I found you. You, know, you you came through Reputation, and it was well-founded. So how can everyone find you if they want a reading or if they want to find out more about what you do? How can everyone get in contact with you?
1: Uh, they can call my office uh, at 330-554-8202, or they can find me at KathleenMoorePsychicMedium.com. Moore is
2: spelled M-O-O-R-E?
1: Yes, and I'm also on Facebook, uh, Kathleen Moore Psychic Medium. I think it's um, facebook.com forward slash Kathleen Moore Psychic. I had such a wonderful time. I'm so honored. I just enjoyed this so very, very much. We're we're so glad. I
2: I have a feeling we're going to have you back because I know I didn't get to ask all the questions I have.
0: I didn't get to ask my questions. Neither did Allison. And I'm sure
2: (laughs) we'll get also some, you know, what would be great is to have some listener
1: questions. Some listener
2: questions. I, I think that would be really wonderful. So, Kathleen, we'll definitely, we'd love to have you back in the future.
1: Well, I'm so honored, like I said, and thank you so much for having me, ladies, and I'd be honored to be on again, and I hope you all have such a wonderful rest of the week and have a wonderful weekend.
2: You too. Thank, thank you again. you so again. much. You too. Hey, Food Hills Nation. Connect with us on Facebook and our Food Hills Nation Facebook group at foodheelsgroup.com. In the group, we've got Tribe Building
0: Tuesday. This will help you build your business and personal relationships. Plus, we've got Self Promotion Saturday, where you can post your links to your business, your blog, your recipes, your healing story, anything you want. And we really love hearing your stories and answering your personal questions about health. So we hope to see you in the group.
2: We love our Facebook. I know. And don't forget to join our mailing list to get 20% off upcoming Food Heals classes by going to foodhealsvip.com.
0: Yes, our first class will be Podcast Greenlight, where we're going to teach you how to market and monetize your health, wellness, or spirituality podcast. Basically anything in the wellness industry. If you want to start a podcast,
2: we're going to help you out. That's coming up too. And you'll also find out how to join our VIP club where you can get premium podcasts from us with never-before-heard interviews on the Food Heals podcast. (laughs)
0: Never-before-heard. Never-before. Why do we think we're so
2: funny? We are. Okay.
0: I don't know if everyone would agree. (laughs) (laughs) Follow us on social media at Food Heals Nation or on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram.
2: And follow my personal adventures at Alice and Melody TV. For all the show notes from today's show, go to foodhealsnation.com. Thanks for listening.